Welcome to Drilling Deep, the place among the Freightways family of freight casts, where we talk about that which must be drilled, and that's oil. And we also talk about one of the products that comes from oil, and that's diesel, because the trucking industry goes nowhere without it. I'm your host, John Kingston. Today, we're also going to be talking about the LTL sector in a bit with my colleague, J.P. Hampstead. He's been looking at LTL, particularly in light of the recent acquisition of LTL carrier AAA Cooper by truckload giant Knight Swift. That is a deal that came in with a price tag well over a billion dollars. JP is going to be with us in a few minutes. On to oil. The International Energy Agency monthly report on oil came out this week. It's something that the industry always looks closely at every month when it comes out. Its commentary section was entitled On Edge. It described a tight oil market that has a lot of uncertainty because of the failure of the OPEC Plus group earlier this month to increase production going forward. They met right around the 4th of July holiday, and they were expected to add about 700,000 barrels a day of production starting in August. That didn't happen. There were reports this week that the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia were moving toward resolution of their dispute that had been the main stumbling block toward an agreement. That supposed deal is not formal yet, but there is a feeling in the market that the two sides will agree on a solution to the dispute, which involves the UAE's desire to have a larger baseline production for determining OPEC quotas. But even if that deal is in place, that will not settle all the issues raised by the IEA that led to the title of that commentary on edge. The agency sees a market that is showing increased demand at a rate that really is beyond what even the most bullish of prognosticators would have thought. Quoting the agency here, crude oil balances are expected to be especially tight. Refiners are ramping up quickly to meet higher demand. The IEA went on to say that the crude oil stock draw in the third quarter might be the largest in more than a decade. And that's just crude. Inventories of gasoline and diesel are expected to fall pretty sharply as well. The one thing that didn't change is the IEA's uh, forecast that it still sees demand rising 5.2 million barrels per day this year compared to 2020. That number is unchanged from its previous estimates. So according to the IEA, things haven't tightened further, at least not for now. But the world does go into the quarter with stocks below historic averages. There are two things that are having an impact on keeping oil from moving higher, given the fundamentals that the IEA is talking about. One is the fact that the value of the U.S. dollar remains healthy, that puts downward pressure on oil prices. It isn't a one-for-one relationship, but it's definitely a big factor. The second is that as the news continues to roll in about the spread of the Delta variant around the world, some traders are a bit wary that the most bullish forecasts about the demand increase might be a little bit overdone. Shutdowns are being implemented in parts of the world. Even where they aren't, there was little doubt that the spread of the virus could slow economic growth, particularly in areas where there is little penetration of vaccines. COVID right now is definitely a bearish factor in the short-term market, even as the broader recovery from the pandemic has worked to lift prices. It may be small comfort, but diesel prices have not moved higher than the rate of increase in crude. It continues to be close to a one-on-one relationship now, moving up, moving down. Given that crude inventories seem to be tightening faster than diesel inventories, that's a good thing for diesel consumers. It's time for us to switch gears, as we always do here on Drilling Deep, after a first few minutes of my blatherings and bring in our guest for the day. And our guest for this week is J.P. Hampstead, my colleague. J.P. is the Director of Passport Research at Freight Waves. He's been on, Fre- uh, been on Drilling Deep before. J.P., welcome back. 
Thanks for having me back, John. Glad to be here. So the big story, you know, it, 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 when you're in the news business a long time, you, you kind of learn that the day after a holiday, a three-day weekend, there's often a big deal announced, maybe in your field or certainly somewhere in general. And this year, it was the uh, nice swift acquisition of AAA Cooper, and LTL carrier that was announced on July 6th, I guess, because the, the 4th was a Sunday and the 5th was a Monday. Everybody was off and it was announced on the 6th. And JP, you've been spending a lot of time looking at this really unique combination of a truckload carrier, one of the biggest truckload carriers, buying an LTL carrier. It certainly is new. It's uh, I, I'll go so far as to say, if it's not completely unprecedented, there's sure no recent precedence for it, that's for sure. And uh, your, your view is that this is all part of something you're referring to as the LTL renaissance. So why don't you talk about what the LTL renaissance is and why it would have driven such an acquisition? Thanks, John. Yeah, um, that's that's a great uh, introduction uh, to, to this topic. I, I think that the LTL renaissance is really kind of the deep context for this deal. Um, and basically um, what that refers to is just, uh, you know, the more attractive business environment, a higher profitability and innovation on the part of LTL carriers that are being driven by a number of, of interlocking factors. Um, some of those are changes in consumer demand, uh, particularly the rise of e-commerce. Uh, some of those are um, you know, driven by uh, shipper behavior, um, investment in the supply chain, and, and longer-term partnerships, the, uh, the kind the kind of uh, relationships that LTL carriers really need to, to uh, have to integrate a large customer's freight into their, um, into their networks. And then... Um, and then also really tight truckload capacity. So LTL is benefiting from vol- from e-commerce volume. You could think of that as coming from you know parcels or small shipments, and then uh, overflow from truckload at the the larger end end of the uh, the shipment weight. Um, so a lot of volume demand, changing shipper uh, sort of attitudes toward toward um, their their supply chains. And then you know new technology um, on the part of LTO carriers, whether that whether it's serving up uh, technology solutions for small shippers to standardize and automate, uh, for example, billing practices and, and, and things like that, or or whether it's um, just really good visibility that allows uh, their customers to understand the current state of, of their networks. Um, so there's a lot happening. You know we. I think I think the Knight Swift AA Cooper deal, uh, uh, the capital allocation strategy for that deal is probably a little bit more clear than the, the network strategy. Um, in in this LTL Renaissance, we've seen a separation between the best performing LTL carriers that have really been able to exploit um, new opportunities. I'm thinking of Daylight, which is a very interesting team expedited uh, long haul LTL carrier. Of course, Old Dominion, Averitt, Dayton Freight, Ward are some of the, the best performing carriers according to Mastio data. And then you've got you've got a bunch at the bottom, you know, Central Freight Alliance, Roadrunner, YRC, UPS Freight, which was just acquired by TFI, um, which have been historically underperforming carriers. Uh, AA, AAA Cooper is in the middle of that pack. It kind of underperforms um, regional competitors like Southeastern Freight Lines um, and uh, 
you know, I think I think maybe Knight Swift thinks that thinks there's an opportunity to improve AAA Cooper as an LTL carrier. Um, the best. Well, 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 let's let me jump in here. What are the synergies between truckload and LTL? I mean, as as I've come to know them, uh, you know, the at some point the only similarity is that they're all trucks. The pricing is different. Their customer base tends to be different. Um, you know, the, a, a truckload has got one customer's freight in the back of the truck. Uh, LTL could have several. They seem radically different, except and and the drivers get home at night a lot in LTL, or certainly they're not on the road for weeks on end. So, so where where are the synergies here? They are very different businesses. Um, you know, obviously LTL has multiple multiple customers on the same trailer. Um, because of that and the way that uh, shipments are consolidated and deconsolidated, they rely on a physical network of cross-stock infrastructure um, that truckload, which is more point-to-point, doesn't have. So, you know, th- there are limited operational synergies that uh, these companies can do. So, for example, um, you know, if they wanted to or on a certain sort of uh, you know, dedicated or, or contracted part of, of their network, if, if um, Knight Swift wanted to get better asset utilization out of its tra- out of its truckload tractors, maybe it could lean on a network of, of local um, AAA Cooper or LTL drivers to position trailers and things like that so that um, you know the, the, the truckload drivers are always doing drop and hook instead of uh, live loads and live unloads, which is a huge waste of time. Um, on the other hand, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, it might make sense for AAA Cooper to use Knight Swift for additional middle mile capacity. So, um, you know, you, you can imagine an LTL truck collecting pallets from different customers in a city, putting those into a terminal, which will then be unbuilt and reconsolidated into truckloads going to another, you know, into another region then broken down for local delivery there. That middle mile part between regions um, can be handled just by a regular truckload you know, driver, right? Uh, so so that might be um, a situation where Knight Swift's 18,000 tractors uh, can really come in handy. So, you know, th- there are potential synergies. Um, the way that it works out in reality is quite complicated. Um, typically, one uh, of the of the units, one of the business units uh, ends up getting the short end of the stick, right? Um, so, you know, much easier said than done, but that's, that. those, those are some potential operational synergies. Um, that's sort of what Schneider did with Watkins and Shepard, which it acquired in 2006, for example. Um, Schneider was able to pump extra middle mile capacity into the Watkins network. Ultimately, um, that kind of thing ended up being really costly and Schneider sold it, you know, shut down Watkins and Shepard after three years after buying it. Uh, the other model would be sort of what TFI does, which is, you know, it, it buy, it buy UPS freight, but you know, the majority of its revenue prior to that acquisition was from truckload, uh, twice as big in truckload as LTL. Um, and so you can think of it as a truckload carrier that buys, LTL carriers, but it, it operates them as separate businesses. It's still an LTL carrier. They're not. They're not mixing uh, the networks or the operations. Or yeah, I mean, if you if you, if you operate them as separate businesses, and you really haven't done anything but just buy yourself a you know another another asset in your conglomerate of trucking companies, 
Um, the uh, it was interesting. I was not aware that Schneider purchase from 2006. I guess you've done, sounds like you've done some research into it. And uh, that one was a failure. This, this Knight Swift acquisition just strikes me as the uh, merger of all time in terms of the demands that are going to be placed on the management to make this work. Yeah. Um, you know, LTL is considered, you know, to be just because of the factors we were uh, just discussing, you know, the way the networks work, um, the way you add or subtract capacity, the way the the what you know the the fact that asset utilization is a far more complicated problem. You think about shipment density, freight class, how how much um, revenue is on a trailer for you know how long, you know. Um, so you know it's hard to it's hard to imagine a world where the traditional playbook of, of Kevin Knight and his team coming in and really getting hands-on and revamping the network uh, would work well for LTL. You know, um, one of night, you know, one, one of the signature moves that, that um, people like Kevin Knight, people like Mike Jardine at, at Harlan Express make when they, when they um, tighten up a truckload network, you know, by, by increasing the ratio of head haul lanes to back haul lanes by, by, by creating, you know, triangular routes instead of, back and forth routes that that doesn't really apply to LTL. So it's like, you know, it, it, it's, it has to be something new. It has to be someone new. I would think uh, I would really look at uh, the personnel, um, which, you know, I'm not familiar with, um, but that's, that's, that to me would be, be crucial for, for making this deal work. But I, but I, I'll just say, I'll just say this though, that, uh, you know, the bet is that they can take, you know, AAA Cooper from being an average carrier to an above average carrier. Um, they, they, they did try to buy, uh, you know, Roadrunner, um, you know, at a bargain uh, back in March before the, its last round of investment and, in, in, you know, the takeover by Andrew Leto and some other people. Um, so th- that would have been like an easier kind of or more obvious opportunity to take a really struggling carrier and, and try to bring it, um, you know, bring it back to profitability. Uh, AAA Cooper, um, maybe not as deep of a hole to dig out of, also maybe not as much of a multiple expansion uh, opportunity. Right. One of the more interesting aspects I thought of the uh, of the uh, a merger announcement was that they thought they could provide a better career path for truckload drivers to move into becoming LTL drivers. And, uh, you know, LTL driver retention and truckload driver retention are like two different planets. LTL retention is pretty good. Truckload retention, as we know, is a constant challenge. Um, is this going to be a very big deal? Do you think that was a, a real big factor in driving this? Because any company that wants to grow now has to make sure that, you know, they've got they've got trucks that can be seated. I, th- I think it is a big factor. I mean, one way to look at this deal is that um, AAA Cooper gives Knight Swift a place to put their cash. Um, um in a business that generate that, that has a potential to generate uh, returns, uh, you know, that are better than truckload. Another way to think about it is that it gives Knight Swift a place to put its best drivers um, in a business that you know is more attractive to drivers. Um, you know, LTL drivers, even the, even though they get out in and out of the truck more often, and often um, have to handle uh, freight a little bit more, um, especially in final mile, although that's not what this is. Uh, you know, um, they, they, they run regular dedicated, you know, regular 
regional or, or, or metropolitan routes. They get home, um, if not every night, you know, far more often than, uh, than truckload drivers who, who go over the road. So it's, it's a, you know, it's a more attractive job. You know, many of them are unionized, um, not in, not in this, in this deal. Um, I don't know, not in this deal. I, I didn't see any reference to any union yeah. organization here. So not in this deal, but, um, but you know, it, Knight Swift has a bunch of drive, driver schools, right. Um, but it just doesn't, you know, and it trains, you know, Swift in, in particular, you know, sort of is the Academy fleet of the industry, but they don't do, it's very difficult for them to retain the best drivers that they, that they train. And so, you know, one way to think about the acquisition of AAA Cooper is, hey, let's let's place our best drivers in a fleet where they'll be happier and they'll probably generate a better return um, than sending them over the road. Um, I'm going to ask a question. If Knight Swift wanted to build an LTL division within what it had already, would it have been just hard or impossible? Uh, I think it would have been impossible. Um, it's, I mean, you know, even just, even just like the, a a huge part of LTL is like the real estate strategy. Um, and I just think that with industrial real estate, uh, so expensive right now, you're, you're really committing to a lot of assets, uh, you know, what might be considered like a peak or, or near peak in, in, in that market. Um, again, you know, hiring all the drivers, selling to all the customers. I just don't think that a company of Knight Swift scale would spend, you know, just the, the energy, the time. It, it, I think it would be a pretty big distraction for management for them to try to organically grow uh, an LTL business. Yeah. They talk about a moat in businesses. Do, does a business have a moat? A truckload company has almost no moat because so many companies can get into it fairly easily. Uh, a company like an LTL carrier is said to have a very wide moat because getting into it from scratch is really tough. Now, it's interesting to talk to to hear you talk about you know moving freight together because I've listened in on conference calls uh, of LTL companies earnings calls, and management will talk about and there'll be often questions from analysts about the whole idea of truckload freight spilling into the LTL field, and it's always portrayed as something bad bad for LTL companies like alien invaders uh, that they can't really just just keep away. Why is this so bad? I've never fully grasped why um, if, if some truckload business spilled over an LTL business, why it's so bad. It's still going to get priced on an LTL business, is it not? It is, but the customer expectations can be far different. When you think about um, facilities that are used to receiving truckload freight, um, you know, they, they can sometimes, you know, they want to hold the trailer for, you know, you know, hours before they unload it. Um, sometimes, you know, scheduling dog appointment, you know, dog appointments, things like that, um, take a long time. And, uh, you know, the carrier can charge detention to kind of make up for it. And they're okay with their equipment, um, you know, being, you know, having to wait, if, if not necessarily being detained for you know, forever. But when you're an LTL carrier, um, those kinds of delays affect your other customers, and they also affect the fluidity of your network. It, it can cause pallets to essentially, you know, miss their connecting truck uh, as the, as they move um, through the LTL network. So that's that's one difference. You know, um, truckload customers are harder to accommodate. Their expectations don't mesh with the way that LTL freight moves. And the other is just that, like, 
a lot of times these are really big shipments um, that, you know, from from an LTL perspective. And so the uh, the shipper, you know, may break them down into smaller things like shipping, you know, more frequently. Um, so it's just, I guess it's a question of, um, you know, a, a sort of intentionally designed network having to ingest, you know, this large, demanding, unpredictable um and yet, you know, time-sensitive truckload freight. Uh, you know, L- LTL always takes longer than truckload, um, and so you know how you know where do you put truckload freight in your network that where it can still move um, relatively quickly? There, there are questions like that that are just they're just sort of hard, hard to figure out. Um, I think that uh, those those management teams probably want to um, complain about about. Um, truckload freight because it may not be core to their business. They may be trying to placate their customers, um, especially if it causes service issues. Uh, so that's, you know, but, but they could actually be making a lot of money off of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's notable that, that that question always pops up when truckload capacity is very tight, like now. And I would imagine if you listen to the quarterly earnings call this time around for somebody like Old Dominion um, or ArcBest, of course, ArcBest, I don't think, takes questions, but we'll say Old Dominion that the question will come up. Um, last question, how long is it going to be before we can say this worked or this didn't work? Yeah, um, I would think within, you know, um, a year, honestly. Um, you know, we may not have, like, really, you know, like, like, like AAA Cooper may not be at its in-state operating ratio in a year, but... We should see some progress. I, I think management called out a five percent or five hundred basis point improvement in operating ratio over the next three years. Now, did, uh, did they indicate? Of course, AAA Cooper is not publicly traded. So, did they indicate what the what their what their OR was? I don't. I don't think they did. I think they provided like revenue and, and EBITDA. Yeah, but I mean, 500, 500 basis point improvement is significant. It is. And um, that'll it'll fit nicely, you know. It, it'll be good quality. Um, th- th- that'll make it really good quality revenue, even compared to you know Swift, which is being run by Kevin Knight, and, and Knight, which is being run by Dave Jackson. Um, so, I think it fits well. Um, I, I, I suspect that there that the plan is to underpromise and overdeliver. So we may see uh, earlier progress on those numbers and, and faster progress. Um, well, we'll keep watching it here at FreightWaves. Uh, JP, I want to thank you for joining us today. Yeah, uh, thank you, John. Thanks for having me on. So our guest today has been JP Hampstead. He's the director of passport research here at FreightWaves. We've been talking about the Night Swift acquisition of AAA Cooper. You have been listening to Drilling Deep. We are part of the Freight Freight Freightways family of freight casts. Our podcast here. You can find us on all of the major podcast platforms, Apple, etc. I've been your host, John Kingston, and please join us again. <laughs>